Hello and welcome to the She Chooses podcast. I'm Jessica Hartzold. This is a place purpose to help women to harness decision-making power, where we learn to allow God to open our eyes to see the choices before us and to ultimately elevate the one that leads us to obedience to his plan. Here we are, episode one. The idea of this podcast was laid on my heart in prayer three years ago. I felt it come upon me, and to be honest, it completely stressed me out, and it left me in a state wondering, how in the world? And saying, God, that just seems too big. I don't know where to start, and why in the world would anyone want to hear what I have to say? I was rattled, and that rattling has held me a bit captive over the past several years as I've molded over, I've suppressed the idea, and I've given myself reason after reason to dismiss any idea and why I should not do this. But as time goes on, God just keeps nudging, and I've slowly allowed him to bring me to this point. As I prayed about what this first episode should be about, I I laughed as God let me know This needs to be about the very thing that has held this episode up. What has that holdup been? It's the same thing that stalls many of us out when it comes to God working to order our steps. It's self-preservation. Friends, it is really encouraging to me to hear your feedback. If today's episode is helpful, Let me know. Tell me about it. Share it. Grab a screenshot of the episode. Post it to your Instagram and tag at JD Hartsey or leave an Apple podcast review. When you do, you help elevate She Chooses and the search results of others, making it easier for others to find and join in on the fun. Self-preservation is all about doing what we can to be sure we remain safe. And it's all well-intended. No one wants to be harmed in any way, shape, or form. But there's a danger when our self-preservation stands in the way of our relationship with God. Sometimes God asks us to do something. And rather than preserving our health, physical safety, guarding our time, you know, making wise commitments or things like that, we start to focus on protecting our social status our reputation, our ego. And when that happens, we begin to tiptoe this line of sin and it takes on a form of pride and disobedience. Psalms 27 and 8 in the New Living Translation says this, My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. I heard very clearly that the Lord told me to come and talk with him when he dropped this into my mind. We hear God. And we feel him, but our response is not immediately, Lord, I am coming. Unfortunately, uncertainty has a way of erecting a wall between us and God as we choose self-preservation over obedience to him. You know, as I prayed over that uncertainty and how to move forward, God revealed to me the root of my feelings, which is something we've got to be so intentional about doing. Finding the root of our emotions and actions can be super uncomfortable. Because the root of our emotions 
it exposes the state of our heart. And sometimes what we find we don't like because at times it can reveal we have an issue. And none of us really want to find out that we've got work to do in allowing God to mold us, to make us, or to refine us. What I found is the root of my uncertainty was grounded in choosing myself over God. What I found and what I know to be true is that God sends us on these stretch assignments that require us to throw ourselves out there. He'll lead us to a place of vulnerability where you'll understand there's no crazy way you can do what God is asking you to do. But friends, that's the point. That's the purpose. It isn't about what we ourselves can do. It's about surrendering to him so that he can do what he desires through us. And this opens us up to an opportunity for failure or for people to disagree with us. And most people don't like those sorts of things. And I'm going to admit right now, I am most people. And if we all really want to be honest today, we'll also admit that we're all most people. When we find or when we think of failure or coming across silly or comparing ourselves to others who are already successful in different arenas, our flesh will say, no way, Lord, not me. Why would anyone want to listen to me when they can listen to her or him? Or our mind goes to, what if I fail? What if I look silly? You know, people might know me for my failure. And then suddenly... If we're transparent enough, we'll see it. We'll see that we've hedged ourselves in and built that wall of self-preservation around us, unwilling to try because we don't want to take a chance on looking bad. And that revelation, when we get that glimpse, should really lead us to a place where we take on a sort of holy anger, where we see that the enemy has us deceived. So, For the past three years, I've been learning, I've been mulling, I've been listening and not moving and being obedient to his urging. And their story has stood the test of time and it's still radiating through generations as God is using them to move us. Those of us who are stuck in the same pit of self-preservation, he works to persuade us into action. What you're going to find is the entire premise of this podcast is bringing to light the power of choice. When God revealed my issue, he clearly showed me my choice and he magnified in my mind the parable of the talents. I love this parable so much. I love the picture that it paints of our work here on earth while we wait for our father's return. In it, we learn of a man, he's going on a journey. He calls his servants together and entrusts them with his property and he delivers to each of them talents according to their ability. Then he leaves, and the servants get to work. After a long time, the master, he comes back, and he finds the servants. He finds that the one he gave five talents to turned it back into ten. And the servant he gave two talents to, he's turned it into four. And that growing, no doubt, required vulnerability. They did what their master told them to do. They had to take what they'd been given and put it to work. And you better believe they had a thought or two running through their mind asking, what if? And that question is the same that stopped the one from putting his into action. His fear over what if stopped him. It caused him to hide it, to bury what his master had given him, what his master had entrusted him to develop and to use. So what is it that held back that one servant? Self-preservation. 
It holds us back from so much, and we see it so clearly that this servant held everything back. He hid it. He chose not to develop it. He determined not to use it. It makes me wonder, you know, what would have been unleashed had he chose to use what his master had given him? We often think the same as he does. We're doing ourselves a favor. I'm going to at least hold on to this one thing I have just to be safe. But really, we're not helping ourselves. Matthew chapter 6, verse 21 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is one of those verses I love to use as a check-in for myself, asking, God, what's the status of my heart? When we're operating with self-preservation in mind, we're showing ourselves exactly where our treasure is. Is my treasure in God or is my treasure in myself? And making sure that I don't look bad or that I stay in the social safety net that I've created for myself. It's a hard and necessary question that requires so much transparency. You know, bouts with self-preservation really are nothing new. And we can search the word and we can find multiple examples. And I just pulled out four different things that really stood out as I think about these battles that we face. The first is a fear of losing relationships or that social status. The second is lack of trust. The third is lack of control. And the fourth is the fear of the unknown. So let's look at the fear of losing relationships or that social status. John chapter 12, verse 42 to 43 says, Nevertheless, many, even of the authorities, believed in him. But for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it, so they would not be put out of the synagogue. For they love the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. It feels a little bit repulsive when we read this about the Pharisees, right? Yet we're guilty of the same, right? And we need to start thinking, what's the synagogue I'm afraid to be put out of? What position are we afraid of losing? Or what social status do we love more than the glory that comes from God? Is it respect of our peers? Maybe it's standing at the office place. Or what about that lack of trust? In Genesis chapter 12, we read of Abram trying to be the hero of his own story. He was battling his own issue with trust. We find him here, he's going into Egypt, and he understands how beautiful his wife is. So he concocts his plan, his own plan to keep himself safe. But let's think about it. God told Abram the path to take. And here we find Abram, he's questioning his safety through it. So he creates this no-fail plan to be sure he's covered. Aren't we the same? We might say, God, this path looks a little sketchy. So I'm going to follow you, but I'm going to do it my way. And just as we find that Abram derailed God's plan, so do we. So a question we need to be sure that we're asking ourselves is, is my do-it-myself mentality limiting God's word? Is it limiting these seeds that God wants to be planted along this path? Or is it limiting the purpose of my life and his plan from reaching its peak? We've got to fully accept the fact that we are not the hero of our story. God drops these tasks into our day, these ministries along our path, these things for us to do in our life. And here we are, like modern-day Abrams, trying to create a no-fail plan to be sure we're covered. All the while, we're serving the omnipotent God of all creation, the one who is all-powerful, yet we think we can do better. 
What about lack of control? And one that my mind goes to immediately is the Israelites in the wilderness. God was raining down manna each day, and they were given exact instructions on how much they were to gather. But there were some that thought they could take better care of themselves, and they wanted control. They wanted to know they were going to have another meal. But you know what happened to that extra manna? It rotted. Guys, it rotted. It was dirty. It was nasty, stinky, yuck. But that was God in all his loving kindness using that as a means to teach. He wanted his people to understand that they could rely on him and that he had everything in his control. But there they were, just like here we are, trying to be sure we've got things under our control when God keeps saying, relax, I've got this. How, how are we trying to keep things in our control right now? Has God given you an instruction, yet you feel compelled to go above and beyond to be sure that you're safe? Saying, okay, God, I'm willing to listen, but I'm also going to do this other thing just to be sure all is well. Or the last thing I wanted to pull out was fear of the unknown. This is such a big thing, like huge. I understand. I get why Peter denied Jesus. I don't agree with it, but I, I get it. I don't think any of us can say anything evil about him. Yes, he had seen the miracles of Jesus. And yes, he also was seeing what was happening to his Savior. His fear of the unknown and not knowing what the people would do to him if they found out he was a disciple terrified him to a place where he denied even knowing Jesus. God gave the Israelites instructions, told them exactly what to do, yet they still felt that same compulsion to cover themselves just in case God didn't pull through. Or maybe we're like Peter in the regard that we start watering down our faith to fit in. We don't want to stand out. Or maybe you're in a place of pretending. Are you trying to be okay when really you're not? Because you don't want anyone to know that maybe you don't have it together and you aren't perfect. And the unknown of how those shortcomings are going to be received has you stuck denying they exist or seeking the help that you desperately need. What does this fear of the unknown cause us to do? You know, maybe we grew up not knowing anything about Jesus or being part of a church. Does that fear of what our family and our friends will think keep us from moving forward in our faith? Or maybe God's calling us to make a move. Maybe we're moving physically feeling led for a job change, or stuck in a place where we just don't know what our next step is. Is that causing us to push God's call aside so we can try to protect ourselves from that unknown? Maybe God is asking us to go deeper into our devotion, and we have no idea where to begin, how to go about it, or what to do to even make him part of our day. Is that leading us to a place of avoidance? Or maybe we're battling a secret sin and God is prompting us to reach out for help. But we're not sure how it will be perceived. Or maybe if we're going to be rejected. So we do, we choose to hide that imperfection. And this world consistently calls us to a place of self-preservation, filled with pride, independence, and skepticism. But God, he calls us to a place of reliance, humility, trust, and surrender. 
Matthew chapter 10, verse 39 says, He who finds his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. This scripture alone destroys any idea that self-preservation works. It speaks to total and complete surrender to God's will in our life. It really is tough to wrap our brain around, but absolutely not a reason to stop trying to figure it out. It requires a willingness to let go of everything we thought we would have, everything we thought we would obtain, and reach for God. It's one of those examples where we think we know, but we truly have no idea. When we get that courage to let go of our plan, God is able to lead us to His, which takes us to a life that includes a soul satisfaction like nothing we could ever dream of with an eternal promise that nothing can compare to. So let's go back to that parable of the talents. I am certain all three of those servants encountered each temptation we discussed over self-preservation, right? Fear of losing, lack of trust, lack of control, and the fear of the unknown. Those two servants who were fruitful, they were able to harness something the one servant chose not to, and that was courage. Courage is a requirement, and a step of faith is necessary. My pastor says, says this, we move, God moves. You can take that statement and look all throughout scripture and see it's been tried and proven. God does speak to his people. When Joshua was leading Israel, the waters didn't part until the priests took a step in. God didn't tell Abraham the location of the promised land. Abraham first had to move. Esther had to approach the king. Ruth chose the unknown over going back to familiarity. They took God at his word and moved. And we need to be, we need to have an understanding and acceptance of the truth that we find in Deuteronomy chapter 31 and 8. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Fear will tempt us to bury our talent. Dismay will tempt us to hide it. But Paul tells us, I die daily, which is the same call we have, dying to our self-will, picking up our cross and patterning our life after Jesus. Self-preservation is opposite of what Paul was trying to teach and begs the question, what am I trying to keep alive by not doing what God has asked me to do? Is it my reputation? Is it my pride? Is it my position? Am I battling intimidation, thoughts, and feelings of iniquity? Proverbs 14 and 12 says, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. That one talent fella, you better believe the path he chose seemed right in his eyes. But look where it landed him. The one talent he had was taken from him and given to another and he was cast out into the outer darkness. This should prompt us to ask, what are we potentially giving up by delaying our response to God? Knowing this and comparing it to my um, dragging my feet and throwing this podcast out here, I suddenly realized the idea of failure in this instance is nothing in comparison to standing before God and saying, I was too afraid to try. Or the idea of losing a gift he has given to me. I don't want someone else having my talent. 
and you don't either. So as we end this podcast today, I wonder if you would take this word with you and consider the choice that stands before us. This isn't a one and done choice. I already told you, I've been battling throwing this out here for three years. I'm not going to pretend it's easy. But to start this process, we have to be willing to make a step. And that first step is identifying what's stopping us at its root. Remember Matthew chapter 10, verse 39, it says, He who finds his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And Romans chapter 14, verse 12 says this, So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. We learn of the truth of this statement when we read that parable of the talents. Each of those workers were required to give an account of what they did with the talent their master entrusted to them while he was away. I don't know about you, but I want to stand empty before the Lord, laying it all out before him, pockets hanging out, everything laid out so that he can see. Maybe I wasn't successful with everything I tried, but I certainly didn't hold anything back. I don't want to be the one, and you don't want to be the one. God is not calling us to a place of self-preservation. He's calling us to reliance on him, humility, and acceptance, And he's asking us to come and talk with him. Let's choose our response. Our response needs to be, Lord, I am coming. You just listened to an episode of the She Chooses podcast. I pray you were encouraged by the message you heard today. And I pray that the choice before you the one that leads to Jesus is shining bright in front of you. Until next time, let's be intentional. Let's be focused. Let's be diligent. And let's be the she's that choose Jesus.